I think this guy talks a lot, and it's about time for him to learn some respect. Greetings, Earthlings, and welcome back to another episode of the show. Matt, how are you doing? Uh, real answer, stupid answer. Stupid answer. <laughs> I think we did a stupid answer last time, so real answer. Okay, so you know what the, you know what the other day I went to the Seven Eleven, right? Mm-hmm. I was gonna get a, a snack, some chips. Mm-hmm. Sucker. And five dollar bag of chips. No, listen, it was like two for four. Mm-hmm. So I got the chips, and mm-hmm. well, I was I was at the counter checking out, and then this boomer behind me is like. Oh, is there a deal on those chips there? I was like, yeah, two for two for four. He was like, ah, oh, you know, nothing like chips when you're watching the ball game, right? Is this a real answer? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. And I was like, yeah, yeah. And he's like, but you know, like, for that many calories, you can eat a bunch of bananas. It'll fill you up even better. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, and it's much healthier for you. Maybe even a little cheaper too. You know, you can buy a lot of bananas. With I thought that was like... gonna be like a racial thing. <laughs> and I then... was worried for a second. <laughs> Holy shit! And I was like, yeah. And of course, the cashiers take a really long time with the bag. <laughs> and the guy kept talking to me. I, I'm not gonna lie. Last like few exchanges, I zoned out. Really didn't want to be there. I had to disassociate a little. Then I left. Then I went home and I ate my Doritos chips. Did you heed his words and have a banana at least? Mm, no, because I already bought the chips. You know, his his thing was like the banana is like going to be same calories, like maybe same price, cheaper, better for you. Mm-hmm. So why aren't you eating bananas instead of chips? But you know, that seems like a weird, a weird <laughs> thing to propose at Seven Eleven. You know, usually people there aren't too mindful of their health. No, no. They want the double gulp. They they want the double gulp, and they want the king size Canadian Club Classics. Yes, and uh, maybe some money from the register if it's late enough at night. Uh, I like that story. However, it didn't really answer my question at all. That's kind of uh, that's just kind of how I'm doing. That's the vibe. Yeah. Yeah. Just eating chips when you should be eating bananas. Yeah. Like, kind of just standing there, just taking it, and just being like, just smiling through it. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Like a graduate sort of vibe. Yes. Like a nowhere man. Yes. I was, in that moment, I was the fabled nowhere man in a nowhere land, making his nowhere plans for nobody. Well, I'm, I think I'm doing slightly better than that. Yeah, well, that's good. Today. We watch Kenobi. Uh, guys, I'm really tired of this show. Only one, only one more episode left. Do you think it's going to be like uh, a two-parter, like an hour and a half? Uh, it'll be like an hour. An hour. Yeah, they'll just push it. Yeah. Yeah. 20-minute credit, so a 40-minute episode. Yeah. I've noticed that they've been like they've said like oh these these episodes are forty uh, nine minutes and then the credits are in Long seven different shit. languages. I remember that from uh, Mandal. That's like for all Disney Plus. I've yeah. noticed that that the credits are long. Yes, long. It's like mini movies for everyone. I just remember that 
from WandaVision. I want to check right Look, now. there's a lot of people involved in these productions, okay? You have just a regular cast and crew. Then you have the legion of geeks on the computers animating everything, including de-aging the characters. So then, weird. Then you have the Star Wars corporate overlords who veto and, <laughs> you know, decide what actually makes the cut and what Kathleen. doesn't. Yes, there's a lot that goes into a single episode of Star Wars, you know. Yeah, it says that it's 40 plus minutes, but it's 36. Huh. Yeah. Okay, interesting. Thank you. Alright, so Good. last we saw of the Kenobi and friends, they uh, escaped through the Underground Railroad to Canada with the help of Tala. It's so hard saying her name. It's, Tala? Is that her name? Is it Jala? Hala? Tala. Yeah, it's Tala. Tala. It's so hard saying Tala, her name. Tala, maybe. I don't want to spoil anything, guys, but... Um, so Arleia escapes and then she runs into the third sister and then, you know, Obi-Wan has, like he does this thing with Vader, big shocker, I guess. And then here we are in part four of this part six saga. So, uh, they go to Jabim. They go to Jabim. Is that a, is that a previously explored Star Wars planet? (sighs) I don't. I don't know. Uh, maybe it's just another dirt, dirty dirt planet. It reminded me of that episode of Futurama where they go to that trash planet and they have the kids working. Did you ever see that one? I I don't. Is that later seasons? Probably. I don't. I don't remember it. Did they get to Jabim? Um, oh, actually, no. I'm skipping. I've. Bl- oh my god! I blended in episode four and three. Sorry, guys. See, I I tend. I did. That oh last my week. gosh, that sucks. Okay, so episode four, part four. What actually happens is that Leia gets taken to um, this cool um, building in an ocean planet. I don't even know where they are, but um, it's it's this fortress. Yeah. I think, but actually, it's a tomb. Uh, tomb of Jedi, as they find. Um, her third sister takes her there, and she's questioning her about where the path is. That's this shows the rebellion. You gotta have a good guy group. Mm-hmm. Um, Leia says, "I'll never help you. Eat shit." And she says, mm, "Okay, well, I'm gonna kill you now." Obi Wan, with the help of Tala, rescues her. And, you know, this was probably the best episode of the series so far, in my opinion. And it was, like, the most mid, is what I'll say. It's very standard. It's like Prison Escape, which is, um, you know, New Hope. But what was what made it mid is that it just has so many cliches throughout the episode. It's just really tiresome. Like, Tala is an Imperial officer, and she goes there, and she's like, hey, I need a... Need to get on the computers, and the guy goes, uh, "You're not supposed to be here." And then she pulls up. Well, I'm an officer, okay, and I'm gonna call Vader, and you're gonna be in trouble. See, that goes back to what I was saying last time, where the vibe of the Empire—it's like nobody trusts anybody. Everybody's got to pull rank violently. Yeah, and see, like it's not conducive to efficiency, yes. productivity. So yeah. you know, it makes them weak. Like, could I just go up, like, if I'm a janitor on the Death Star making the floors glossy, can I be like, 
Lord uh, Vader will hear about this if you don't let me buff those floors. He's like, can I get a $20,000 raise? No. Well, Lord Vader said I could. And then they'll go, um, um, uh, proceed. Proceed. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, I've seen this so many times in Star Wars. It's like, it's, it's so just, crazy. everyone's, everyone, it's just like, everyone's so scared of Vader that it's like, if you just invoke his name, people will go, uh, 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 um, go ahead. <laughs> and then another lazy thing. Obviously, Kenobi rescues her. Um, and then somehow, um, the third sister put a tracking device on Lola. Why she would do that, when she would have time to do that, I don't know. Um, I've never seen the bad guys track the good guys. That is groundbreaking storytelling. I've never seen that in every Not sequel a, Star Wars movie. I never, yeah, I've never seen that in, in Star Wars before. That's kind of a, oh a novel concept. God. <laughs> That's just, I get that, like, the universe is huge, so if someone escapes, I mean, you're probably never going to see them. It's tracker again. or nothing, man. Yeah. So I get it. But then, like, I don't know, maybe have them trapped on a planet and then this all just takes place on one planet i don't know but just a tracker thing it's it's so corny why why did she put a tracker on lola why you you think they'd be like checking themselves for trackers like they were ticks yes you know (laughs) like it's okay everybody check for trackers because one tracker will fuck us up at least check the electronics you know like the droid yes like, I imagine there would be, like, a feature on your smart ship that can be scanned for trackers. <laughs> yeah, just a quick scan. There's probably a device for that you can get at Space Walmart. <laughs> Whatever. They they put it into the robot. It becomes evil. It's red eye. And then, so corny. <laughs> yep. And then Vader is pissed, but then she's like, no, I, I put a tracking device on them. And he's like, ah, you've done well. <laughs> <laughs> she hasn't done well. She had them and they escaped. Uh, no, well, now he can get Kenobi to himself. <laughs> yes, on the path. Yes. Uh, what did you think of it? Episode four? Yeah. Part um, four. Part four. Please. Yeah, part four of Star Wars Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, it was... Um, it, like I said, uh, this show is best when it just gets caught up in the plot and the action, mm-hmm. um, and just the sequence of events. Because we stay, if we stay and start talking too long, then we really start to see the cracks in the show. Yes. Um, I barely remember um, part four as distinguished from the other episodes, but like solid. You know what? It, this episode, I was like, next episode's gonna be hype. Mm-hmm. So I it gave it gave me some excitement, and the next episode was a bit hype, a little bit more yes. hype before the the most hypest episode to conclude the series. That's gonna be such a good lightsaber battle. It's gonna be good. Then you guys just go to part five. Yeah, yeah, take it away. Then part five, they how does it even open? Um, Ken- Kenobi, they oh they got him on the run. Um, and then Kenobi and Leia, they get to this, they get to Jabim. Yes. And they're like, yeah, we're going to get, there's a bunch of refugees there, space refugees. And they're like, these people have been waiting so long. They got to go home. We got to get them out of there. Guess who shows up? It's <laughs> Vader and the gang. And then they barricade the doors and they got to blast through them. <laughs> then they're like, hey, we'll hold them off. And everybody else escapes. 
Can you sound more enthused while you're listening off these plot, plot well, points? Well, just please? it's just thing happen, thing happen, thing happen. Okay, it's just things got to happen here yeah. a lot, you know. Because not a lot happened in episode one, so they had to they had to really make up for that. Okay. Yeah. Um. So then they hold them off mostly successfully, and they get away. You gotta talk about the big reveal. Oh, so the big reveal is what we guessed in the first couple of episodes, which was Riva is a youngling. <laughs> she is a youngling? Well, she was a youngling. Then she gets turned into a youngling later in this episode. She gets nae like a youngling. Yeah, so that's yeah. that was a little bit insulting to the intelligence when they had to wait till episode five to reveal that. Like, yeah, like we know... It was at that point, like, they revealed that. I'm like, oh, damn, we're still stuck on that? <laughs> oh. So that was a little silly. Um, I said to Luke, this justifies her existence, because why did they just get this random lady to be the villain of the show? Well, she what she represents is the younglings. Yes. All, the peop- all the younglings betrayed by the Empire. Um... So then Obi-Wan surrenders himself. Are you going to just skip over the biggest death of this episode? Um, what happens? Oh, Tala. <laughs> yeah, so Tala doesn't make it. Uh, she gets she gets a shot right in the gut, and Obi-Wan's like, no! They gave her one scene where she has a bit of character, though. That was nice. Yeah, they had a scene where they're like, yeah, we had to slaughter these families. Uh... I was really <laughs> joked about that. Then, yeah, so Tala gets a uh, shot in the gut, and then big hero moment, she has a thermal detonator, blows herself up to blow up some troopers. <laughs> anyway, everyone else escapes, whatever. Then, um, when Darth Vader is, like, seething because they just escaped, Reva's like, okay, now's my chance to strike, which is a terrible, it's just a terrible opportunity. It's also stupid. It's kind of insulting to the intelligence. Like, there's no way this character is this stupid. Like, I'm going to kill the baddest guy. I'm going to kill Darth Vader. I'm going to, it's like kind of daytime. I'm going to walk up behind him. He's not going to know. I'm going to stab him from behind. No, it doesn't work. He absolutely dummies her. Doesn't even pull out his lightsaber. He's just forcing all her attacks. He just just dumping on her a little bit of fan service then yes. he then he gives her a saber and he's like fight look it's he blows her out guys i don't know what to say he makes her a youngling again and then he kill and well and then he stabs her and this then this lady is dying for the next 20 minutes of the episode they get away yeah, it's like fuck yeah you're right um and then vader um i guess is going to go get obi-wan or something. That's Boom, big reveal. Grand Inquisitor is alive. Oh, yeah, the Grand Inquisitor is alive. So I was right. <laughs> he was not dead because, and they wouldn't disrespect rebels that hard. Yeah, she just comes back and it's like, haha, yeah, I was always alive, idiot. So they were just stringing her along just for their own needs. But they knew she was a youngling, they knew what her ulterior motive was, and then they just got rid of her when it was convenient. They really held on to her for a long time. They did, but they That's said... a long con. That, that is a long con, but that is what the Empire is all about. It's the long... You know, it's like Palpatine, like he has Dooku, he has him as a guy, and then just when it's convenient, Anakin, kill him. <laughs> you know, you're moving up in the world here, promotion. That's, that's how they do, you know? Yeah. 
Uh, that's where it leaves us off. And then undoubtedly, episode six will be Obi Wan and Darth Vader fighting for a long time. <laughs> we'll give you the results there. Look, the choreography was cool when they're when Darth Vader was fighting them. It is yes. fan service because just yes. like look how cool Darth Vader yes. is. But it is cool to watch legitimately, no, it's, yeah. and it's the most exciting parts of the show so far. So, yeah. They also do this thing that I. It was pretty cool. Um, they had a flashback scene to episode two or not 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 um something that was shown in the movies but that that era period yeah yeah, um of anakin and obi-wan just having a sparring match um and then it shows their character through it which is um very nice it was a good thing to to do actually and they do a little foreshadowing when He's like being very aggressive, and then Obi Wan's like, "I know he's not going to be patient enough to siege. He's yes. going to go in." Yeah, that was good. Yeah. You know, and it made me think like, "Ah, there's only one more episode left." Like, I would have liked to see more of the young Anakin and the young Obi Wan. Yes. I know it costs, I guess, to de-age them up a little bit, but mm. I can suspend my b- disbelief. You yeah, know? I don't mind. I, you know, you already have Kunal Nanji here just cracking wise. You know, it's just do it what people want yeah um i that was one thing that kind of bothered me is uh, they have quite a few scenes of obi-wan dreaming and he dreams in flashbacks mm-hmm. um his ptsd that's what they call it yes uh i i wish they would have just made original material for these flashbacks mm-hmm. like this lightsaber thing then just showing clips Nobody dreams in movie clips. Well, just in case... Well, that's also good if you haven't seen the prequels, but you're tuning in. Yes. Then you get a quick recap. <laughs> ah, I hate you. The burning. Yeah, good action in this episode. Good choreography. So, yeah, so the show's kind of empty, but there's some cool stuff in it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about the movie. All right, yeah, yeah, we also watched the movie this week, I guess. Yeah. But I'm a cheerleader... So it's Pride Month, so we're honoring it with a gay cult film. That's that fucking that drool she has there. My God, um, is but I'm a cheerleader. This this is a Luke pick. I actually never heard of this. Mm-hmm. It's got Natasha Leone in the title role as a cheerleader who gets sent to conversion camp. Is she in anything else? That you know of? She's in um. Orange and the New Black. And do you know that show Russian Doll on Netflix? I haven't seen it. Oh, um, yes. She's the lead in that, too. Oh. But she's also in Big in Orange is the New Black. That's all I know her from. Okay. Um, And RuPaul's in it. Yes. He's pretty good, actually. I like RuPaul in this. Yeah. And uh, the guy who voices Prince Zuko <laughs> in Avatar is in it. And also this lady. They don't know who that is. Um, this lady that plays the Graham. love interest, Graham, I've definitely uh, seen her as this character before, specifically. Yeah. Um, Clea, Clea Duval. Yeah, uh, go up, go up. Um, and she is. The she, Grudge, Zodiac, Argo. I don't remember her in Zodiac. Maybe she's all that. Maybe, uh, I don't know her though. Better Call Saul. Hey, she's in American Horror Story. Did you know that? Uh, no, I haven't seen that season. Oh. But um, that's apparently one of the good ones. Yeah. Allegedly. Well, who is she in Zodiac? Check now. 
Arthur Lee Allen in makeup. Uh, <laughs> Look up Linda Del Bueno. Oh, that might have been like one, like the mom of the baby movie um, character. I, you want this? Oh shit! She was the girl that's in prison. See, she even plays the same fucking character, which yep, is like same hunched, haircut, hunched over, like sneering, smoking a cigarette. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's her look. I mean, that's all you can really do with that yeah. look. It's like, uh... <sighs> shit. Who plays Andy's son in Twin Peaks: A Return? Michael Sarah. Michael Sarah. I mean, he can only do baby face. <laughs> yeah, or... it's it. You know. Yeah. Sometimes you're just born to be typecast. Yeah. So uh, it's a comedy movie. It's a fun time. When what? What did you think about it? Uh, I thought it was okay. Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen this before? No. Uh, this wasn't even a me pick. This was a Caitlin pick. Okay. Okay. So. Um, so yeah, she she goes to conversion uh, therapy because her parents, which are. Um, religious conservatives are worried for their daughter. Um, and the movie is pretty... I would say the first half of the movie is funny. And then um, it just becomes a really limp dick drama, to put it nicely. Mm. Where they, in my eyes, they lose the, the irony and become sincere and I'm like, okay. Uh, you know how they were drawing out that Riva is, um, <laughs> it was one of the younglings. They draw out that Graham is her love interest. And then yeah. they drop it like it's some big thing. It's like, I, I, I know. And so I guess in that way, this movie, it's like, I guess you could call it a romantic comedy. Yes. Um, so w- that was something I guess I didn't expect. Like, I, like, I probably should have foreseen that, that mm-hmm. there would be a, a romance in a movie about conversion therapy. Yes. But yeah, it's like the movie is kind of divided in those halves. I was thinking the same thing where it's like the first half, it's entertaining. They send her off the camp, good gags. Um, they riff on all the homosexual stereotypes and stuff, but a few, it doesn't feel derogatory or anything. It feels loving and it, and the jokes are funny. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, and then the last half, it, it gets lost in its own sauce. And then it's like a love story. Oh. Now, the movie is at its best when it's just kind of uh, sarcastic, um, ironic. This whole conversion camp design thing is cool. Yes. Where they have the girls in the pink uniforms and the guys in the blue. I love the colors in the movie, I'll say that. Yeah, it's a good-looking movie in that regard. Um, the activities they do are funny. Yes. They get the, the guys to, like, chop wood and fix a car <laughs> to learn masculine roles, and they have ladies uh, clean shit up. Yep. In um, the feminine role. That stuff is good. Their performance is solid. RuPaul is actually my favorite in this. He's the male coach. He's the male coach. He's pretty good. There's this domineering female coach who's like the big bad. She's like the nurse ratchet of yeah. the joint, sort of. And then you have the kids who are just... They're okay. Yeah, I mean, there's like, I like three Z- that matter, and then the rest all kind of blend in. Yeah, I like the kid who who's Zuko because I was like, hey, that guy sounds familiar. So it felt like I knew him. Mm-hmm. When I was watching the film, but then you just get stereotypes. You just get um, goth chick. All the gay guys are just stereotype gay guys. Yes. You know, it is what it is. So the jokes are funny. 
for the most part there's uh, there is some subtle there's some funny uh background humor yeah. like that with where they have like um they have them at war and then it looks like the soldiers got his cock out <laughs> and it looks like another soldier is gonna fillet him and then that with the car that stuff's good yeah the last the back half of this it uh it fucks up the romance in this is like just any other late 90s romance where it's so telegraphed yep. and so like it's so agonizingly slow because you just know already and that kind of thing works if there's big chemistry yes but Natasha Leone and, and Clea Duvall, they're just like, okay. Our lead sucks. I mean, she looks apart and her like uh, her voice sounds the part, but she has no charisma. Yeah, she's actually, you're right, Jack. She's not very good in this. Yeah. Um, I would say Clea as, as, at least knows her kind of character, so yeah. she's decent as, as the co-lead. But yeah, Natasha Leone character is like whatever. She's supposed to be like a um, wholesome, wide-eyed Christian girl. And she almost oversells it a little because she has just this golly gee Josh oh, yeah. attitude where she's like, you know, we God got- is good. God is great. Yeah. God is straight. Yeah. And see, um, and then it's like, you know, she's just supposed to be, she's sort of the straight man character and she's going to come into her own. Her journey is whatever. She's just kind of static throughout the film. Yeah. The romance is not that engaging. You know what the turning point was for me? when they um the kids decide okay we're gonna sneak out they go to this yeah. yes they go to this gay club called the cocksucker which was funny just so vulgar and they have a big rooster yes out front naturally they go in and then this girl offers uh i've already forgotten her name the main girl uh for a dance what's her name uh, the main girl, Megan. Yeah. Megan, yes. She offers Megan a dance. Megan's like, no, because she sec- she doesn't know that she likes uh, oh, Graham yet. Man. Oh, my God. This was like... The boy. stupid thing where they pair up with other people and then they look at each other and they grow <laughs> the person they're with. Yes. Just, oh, oh yeah. my God. And then Graham go- or Megan runs out or Graham runs out. One of them runs out. They chase after another one like why don't you just go dance with the other person you don't even like me and then they kiss and like oh god they kiss behind winkies like (laughs) (laughs) and it's like yeah it's just like uh it's just gonna become this like and then the the big problem with that is because then the back half is less joke heavy yeah if they maintain that kind of uh, levity and and the cleverness throughout and it laced it with the romance then it would have been it would have been easy to swallow it totally switches it just becomes a shitty drama it just becomes sincere all of a sudden and it forgets that it's satirizing this whole thing it's like the pre the premise of the film is inspired i don't know any other movies like that i know there's like there's one documentary called like jesus camp or something that's a real thing that's the only other movie i can think of where it's like set in a in a gay conversion camp so Mm -hmm. the premise is interesting um it's got good uh costume and set design and it's got a good aesthetic but then it just fucking loses itself in the back half and it's just the ending of this movie is like it that's the limp the most limp dick part of it is that it's like okay yeah if you can guess there's a big ceremony after yeah megan gets kicked out because they they graduate and then they make love um i didn't pretend make love they're like practicing 
to make love with a man and a woman, and they're wearing full body suits with leaves covering. Yes, yeah. There are private bits. And Graham's like, and Megan is uh, gets caught with Graham, and they're like, you can either do this thing or get out, and yeah. she leaves. But then Graham, because her parents are axles lording over her yeah and they're like you're gonna do this and you're not gonna get your inheritance if you don't you're not gonna come they're rich or something whatever (laughs) her parents are shitty (laughs) go figure um then she stays and does it and then at the graduation ceremony megan comes back and then she does a little cheer Mm -hmm. it's a little quaint and then they go off in the sunset at the end (laughs) It's like, oh, okay, you know, uh, that's it. Where's the joke? Where's the, where's the joke? Not even the mid-credit scene isn't that good. Yeah, the the mid-credit scene is the parents are in a support group for them appreciating their gay kids. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. That was funny. Um, there's like, like, there's stuff to enjoy here for sure. Yeah. Um, one thing I didn't mention is there is also like XX gays. Those are the guys yes. who took them to cocksucker. Was these people who were there and then converted and then went back yes. and realized like, hey, well, just whatever. They they have a funny odd couple. It's just like this normal uh, macho straight man, and then his lover who's like this kind of cross-eyed doting guy. Did you watch That's a Raven? Yeah, he was a principal on that show. Oh shit! Was he? Mm-hmm. I always thought that he looked like he smelled like cheese and ham. Did he also do that cross-eyed thing? Is he just cross-eyed? I think he might just be cross-eyed. Oh, okay. So that's insensitive. I'll oh. be bleeping that. I'm I'm so sorry. Look, I just next episode will be the apology episode. <laughs> um, yeah, those guys were cool. There's cool characters. There's some decent characters and some good moments with them. But the movie just honestly is not substantial enough to justify it. When the movie is 90 minutes or like less and it's you start to watch the clock, bad sign. I remember watching the movie and thinking, wow, they got into it really quick Mm -hmm. because it's like 30 minutes in and you have everything all established. It's like just going to be them in the camp, I'm thinking, and they're just going to use that to riff on it and make jokes and stuff. But then no, then there's this whole saga where they gets kicked out and then they come back and blah 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 and no maybe the reason that they swap to a sincere drama halfway through is because they realize that they don't actually have a whole lot to say either in this movie they are just kind of like haha conversion therapy is dumb and it doesn't work yeah yeah but that's all they really say um which kind of bugged me they don't lampoon this idea that hard uh, or they don't they, they don't make fun of these um, conservatives that hard. It's just like yeah, they're it's it's just like what you would imagine. It's like yeah, they're the lady is just like a terrible matriarch. Mm-hmm. And they're like yeah, do these ridiculous things and you'll be straight. No, it's like that's funny. I thought they were gonna like, I thought they were gonna make like more a gay jokes in the sense that not just oh the characters are gay there's gonna be like insular gay jokes you know Mm -hmm. like talking about homosexuality as a whole this ties into the pride month thing i thought it was gonna be more like holistic of the gay experience but no it's just this 
conversion camp thing and then all the characters are just gay i also one thing that was a little uh, cringe a little blue pilled is that they also sincerely make the character all the gay characters sex addicts um yes well you know it's like the kind of thing where it's like oh if you repress it then it it gets even more you know yeah but that's like one of the actual stereotypes of gay people so then you're just admitting to that and and the thing is the film is directed by a gay woman allegedly yes (laughs) an alleged gay woman who you know presumably I don't know if she went to get Bergerac, but drawing on her own experience to make the film. Maybe. You get you kind of get that sense, you know, that, that uh, I, I imagine in 1999, um, there wasn't a lot of teen romance films in which two girls get together, you know? This is yes. a long time before Call Me By Your Name gets a, a praise and shit. So that's something where, and, you know, I in that regard, I can see where the cult following comes from. It's like a 90s teen comedy, but with a homosexual romance. Yeah, and RuPaul's in it. And RuPaul's and, in And it's it. funny in the first half. They have good jokes. And it's, like, colorful, yep. and it's, yep. you know, it's unique. It's, it's it's semi-memorable in that regard. You know, there's stuff you'll, that sticks out from this film, but, yeah, it, mostly from the first bit, um, and it, it really drops off after that. Yeah. That's, uh, uh there was one gag I liked, um... Not just the having the sets and the costuming be colorful, but the lighting is too. And there's this, this gag when she gets to the camp, which was called like what True Direction. Yes. Uh, she gets there and then she's shown this VHS tape about this uh, lesbian woman who turned to heroin and yeah. whatever else. And then she saw the the way and became straight and um megan's watching this video and then it shows her face and then she has like uh dario argento lighting on her face like she's horrified watching this yeah. that was funny i really like that and then they have like colorful lighting at uh cock sucker as well the, there's it is a good idea to have like this movie about the lgbt well really just l g community i guess other than that one lady yeah which I was hope there's one character who um, is oh, I guess she, she identifies as a woman, but um, she's presents as a man. And I thought they were gonna do some trans thing where she's like, "I'm not, I'm not gay. I'm uh, I'm trans. I'm a guy, and I like girls." But they didn't. She kind of dropped off. What happened with that character? They had a different moment. They were like. She was like, <laughs> because they one one part is like they're like, what's the root? So what yes. do you think yeah, yeah, awakened yeah. you? And it's like, oh, uh, I used to ch- change. Uh, I I shower with the boys after wrestling, mm-hmm. or you know, um, I, I, my friend kissed me after my bar mitzvah or something. Mm-hmm. And then they get to her root, and she just says, "I like balls." I don't know if you caught, and I remember thinking like, "Huh?" Yes. Um, and then they, and then in what her exit from a film is, they're like, they're just having a meeting or whatever. And she's yeah. like, "I'm straight." Yeah, yeah. And they're like, oh, you're silly." And then she's like, "No, just because I dress like this and I look like this doesn't mean I'm gay. I yeah. still have heterosexual feelings. I always have." Then she runs out. Oh, that was it? Okay. So maybe it's like a commentary. That was like a little commentary on, you know, just because you look gay doesn't mean you are how people stereotype, how people look. 
um, or how people act, and I guess that doesn't dictate their sexuality. Whatever. Now it's not the movie's not woke enough to get no. into the trans stuff. No. That's that's ahead of its time. Come on. Um, that's all I got. That's all I got too. Um, you know what? This is the kind of thing where I wouldn't. It's it's like um a nice thing to check off. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's 90 minutes, it's light fare, you know, even though if the back half drops off and it's not an overall solid picture, there's enough of interest to make it worth one watch, but I can never see myself rewatching this. So? Uh, two out of five bags. Five out of ten. Um, did we have a, did you have a movie you want to do next week? Yes. Okay, what movie? It's not a pride movie. You know what? Here's what I'm going to do. Okay, do it up. Here's what I'm going to do for you, bub. Okay? Um, I'm going to sh- give you a little choice. You're going to play your own yeah. wheel. <laughs> yeah. How <laughs> you like that? How you like them apples? I love it. I love the wheel. Yeah, you, lo- you love those apples. All right. Um, pick um, a number between one and five. Ooh. Oh, so I don't have a choice. Okay. Uh, See, it's just a wheel. Um, number four is uh, The Amazing Colossal Man. No, you- that's Vito. Take the Vito? goddamn list. <laughs> oh, you don't want to do The Amazing Colossal Man? Maybe, okay, okay, we'll okay, do well, that after like a good streak. Okay, we'll defer that. Pick a num- another number. <laughs> Three. Um, okay, we'll do Fantastic <laughs> Planet. <laughs> Okay, I haven't seen that movie in forever. Um, and that'll be the cult pick for next week. Okay, take a lot of drugs and watch it. Yeah, we're going to be ripped. Yeah. Okay, cool. See any good movies? Um, No, I didn't. I saw two bad movies this you week. You see Jurassic World? Yeah, I saw the I I saw the first so I saw the first Jurassic World in 2015 at theaters, and I was like, "Wow, that was mediocre." Yes, and then I skipped the second one. Yes, that's what I did too. But then, uh, but then um, I went to go see the third one mm-hmm. with Gabrielle, mm-hmm. and so I was like, "Okay, well, I guess I have to watch the second one." So I watched the second and third. Nice. So the second one um, sucks, and it's like. There's no other way to dis- describe this. De- this movie's so soulless. Okay, it's so gray and like silver. It yeah. looks. It looks like science. Mm-hmm. Um, and the characters are whatever. It's like Chris Pratt is like almost playing a winking version of like the action hero man, but he doesn't do it hard. He doesn't push it, so he's just action hero man. Yeah. And you have Bryce Dallas Howard. The, she's there because it needs to be a love interest. Yes. And then there's some other characters they introduce that are youngins. And then the whole movie is just them fucking running away from dinosaurs. You know, <laughs> the movie, the franchise really ran its course after the first fucking movie. And what's crazy is that there's six of them and really one of them is good. Right. Uh, uh, anyway, so Fallen King was whatever. They get a... Oh, guess what? Last time they had the Indominus Rex. So they make the Indominus Raptor. Oh my God. And then it... Uh, dies and then <gasps> and then yeah the movie oh and then movie ends oh boom dinosaurs are back in the world they're like everywhere it's Whoa. like CN Tower it's got like pterodactyls on it and, <laughs> and like these guys are surfing and then the big fish monster comes and it's like ah uh-uh. so I was like okay that was really mediocre it was like watchable though it was like 
a little bit below the original Jurassic World, which was like, you know, as a blockbuster, it was pretty watchable at the time. Mm -hmm. Chris Pratt's fresh off Guardians. Yeah. It was cool to see Jurassic stuff back. You get some nostalgia, whatever. Uh, the third movie sucks ass. Was so Lynchian? bad. No, it's not Lynchian. They get Laura Dern and they get a Sam Neill back from mm-hmm. the first movie. Um, and for no reason, they have them do nothing. They just well, have they just have them walk around. Yes, they're old. Uh, I was watching it with Gabriel and, and a couple of other people, and. You know the part when the characters come back and they show this and they show them for the first time and it's like da yep, yep. And then Gabriel's friends were like, "Oh, is that is that guy from something? Is that supposed to be a big deal?" No. Yeah, it was. It's like Jurassic Park. What people remember about Jurassic Park, they don't really remember Alan Grant and <laughs> and Laura Dern. No. Like. No, it's like yeah. There's them. There's Goldblum, which they were smart enough to have from the beginning. They did. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Then they have the stupid kids. Who cares? And then what? Well, he's in the third one as well. I meant. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then you have the dinosaurs. It's the real spectacle, you know. <laughs> and also uh, the fucking oh Sam Sam Jackson while he's there, and the and that fucking fat guy. <laughs> who's like, see, nobody cares. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So the third movie, it's like. It's just so boring. I don't know. The franchise really ran its course. You you get to the point where you're just realizing, like, it's just people bug-eyed hiding from dinosaurs or running from dinosaurs. Yes. And, like, some of the dinosaurs are cool, but, like, that really wears thin and, like, there's really no tension at a point. Especially when none of the characters and none of the good guys in these movies die. Not nope. in the second one, not in the third one. No, not even, like... Like not even like not even like the tertiary characters. Like they have the yeah. guy from Detective Pikachu. I'm like, oh, that guy's maybe he's a goner. He's all nervous and whatever. No, they keep him. <laughs> keep him for two more movies. Why? <laughs> the one's boring. The plot is whatever. The what's it has a another another limptic ending for this week. Is like, hey, this is the culmination of six films. Okay, mm-hmm. the end of the franchise. So it's going to be big, right? They get the two groups together. They're hiding from an Allosaurus, which is like a bigger Tyrannosaurus, I guess. Yeah. Then they're like, hey, there's a helicopter. We got to get to it. This is the climax of the film. The old T-Rex from Jurassic Park fights the Allosaurus, which was introduced this film, with another dinosaur, which is also introduced this film that has big claws. And then they have like a boring, boring fight with the backdrop of them escaping on the helicopter and that's the climax and then they leave and it's just like yeah and then there's like some ham-fisted and then this is like the worst part like the movie fucking ends and then it's like they do some ham-fisted environmental thing where they're like we have to coexist we have to respect the planet and its inhabitants and then it just shows shots of dinosaurs walking around and that's it and then the movie ends what what's weird is that um in those two movies they keep alluding like yeah mankind's gonna die off because the dinosaurs are here like it's inevitable and then but they leave on a hopeful note but then it doesn't feel that hopeful it's so confused it's just so rushed it's barely a film terrible terrible third one do the kids ever make a return no the kids don't make the return but they they have this other kid 
John, remember John Hammond, the guy who made the first Jurassic Park? Yes. He had a partner, and they have his partner in the second movie, and he has a granddaughter that is revealed to be a clone because they died in a car crash. So Dude, there's so, what? So there's some sci-fi stuff. Are you actually... No, I'm this? not fucking around. And then in the third movie, um, Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard are, like, parenting her. And okay. yeah, it's really, really bad. And it looks like they didn't think it out at all. It sounds like it's a Saw movie. That's the same sort of logic that they're going with to keep those movies going. Holy they shit. They really shit the bed on this. Like oh. Jurassic World was like, that was, that was a mid movie. Yeah. And then it gets worse progressively. Yeesh. And they're probably all going to gross a billion. The second one gross over a billion. It's because dinosaurs in any language are scary. Yep. Is that a line from a trailer? No. <laughs> but it will be. It'll yeah. that'll be for the for the foreign markets that'll be in the trailer. Yeah, I can't recommend these. Don't my recommendation is just watch the first Jurassic Park. And what what even is the sequel to Jurassic Park? I was thinking about this the other day. The Lost World, which is like they kind no, of... No, no, no. I know that there's a sequel, but like in your mind, like you watch just Jurassic Park in a vacuum and you think, okay, what's the second one going to be? There isn't really a second one, in my opinion, other than like cleaning up the camp. But there isn't a two and a three and a four and a five no. and a six after that. It's like, why the fuck did they try this again? And it's like, oh, That's man's, it. it's like man's hubris. And it's like, okay, but this is a little fucking stupid. Yeah. Wow. Like, who is actually going to this again? <laughs> and it's like they have and the, the through line through the last two movies is like the corporations are evil. That's like, yeah, OK. But then they're, like, so short-sighted and stupid when they're like, yeah, we're going to monetize these dinosaurs and we're going to send them into combat. And it's like, <laughs> what the fuck? Have you guys been paying attention for the last little bit? It's so unbelievable. The the antagonists are nothing. They're so forgettable. Yes. The guy in the third movie, though, he looks like Tim Apple. They literally get a guy <laughs> that looks like Tim Cook, and he's just Tim Apple. And I'm like, is this... That's kind of funny, I guess, if that's a deliberate shot. It's just like the... It's a Biosyn is the company. Biosyn? Biosyn. Yeah, they have sin in the name. Subtle, right? Yeah. These Jurassic World movies, yeah, they're not good. No. Holy shit. Disappointing. Very disappointing. That's it. I saw shit movies this week. I saw... um, I finished season one of Stranger Things. Uh, I guess Stranger Things is so hot right now, so I skip it. It's ahead. so hot. Um, I thought it was pretty good. That was my impression when I finished it too. I was like, nice. I have some problems with it. Uh, they start reusing this one narrative device, uh, which is the flashback. They start doing it a lot, and it's very jarring. Jarring. It's super disjointed. It takes me out of the 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 show every time. It's like in Naruto when it's just oh flashback time. It's it, like Elle will be walking around and she'll see a cat and then you get a flashback of her at the lab. Oh, and yeah. And there's yeah. a cat. They do that all the time. It's like, can you guys maybe just have a conversation in which you tell each other? But, but she can't talk that good. Well, Hopper has flashbacks too and he knows English pretty <laughs> pretty well. It's like they're like, um, it's like, ooh, Elle's... Like, the big thing is he's the one that's like, what is going on with L? What the fuck is going on? Like, what yeah. does L have these powers? So then they just drip feed you her origin. Yeah, that's lame. Yeah. <laughs> D- didn't really like it. Um, also, the the villains of the show, 
are kind of they're they're just TV villains. They just sort of do things like they're so. Fuck it, you know what Stranger Things is. Uh, you, it's just kind of odd that remember how they let Hopper go. Yeah. Like, why would they do that if they're this all powerful secret uh, top secret agency? Why don't they just kill him or just swallow him up? If they've been doing that with kids, like they did with L, just swallow him up. Why let him go? Because it's like, oh, it's the government, you know, and like they'll. <laughs> it's like their mo was like, oh, we'll we'll do what we need to. Yeah, I think they needed to kill him because he knew too much, so that didn't really make sense. I like the Demogorgon. It was pretty cool. It's cool. A nice little creature design. Um, at, at the um, the climax, they have the Demogorgon in the school with the lights flashing, which was a good technical decision because if you saw the Demogorgon in broad daylight, we would start to see the TV CGI special effects mm, a bit too much. Yeah. So it was nice that they hit it because... Holy, that early TV CGI is pretty rough. Like that scene where Elle makes Mike fly, yeah. where she flips a car up. <laughs> that that scene where she sends, um, uh, what the fuck is the black kid's Lucas. name? Lucas. She sends him like flying. Uh, yeah, and then he just slumps <laughs> up against the bus. I, that always stuck out as kind of funny to me. Yeah. Because then they're like, oh, shit. Because Lucas the whole time is like, man, get her out of here. Like, what the fuck are we doing? <laughs> yeah, I hope they do more with Lucas next season, which I'm sure they will. Um, because this season, he's just kind of the thorn in the friend group side. That's all he really He's the was. doubter. Yeah, he's the He's doubter. a hater, yeah. Um, I, my favorite character is... Um, oh, I've already forgotten his name. Um, he's the fat friend. Um, the Dustin. Dustin, yes, he's my favorite character by far. He's pretty funny. Yeah, he's just a he's just a glutton, but he's he's a homie. You know, he's just like the classic his move character, which is like awesome. Like yes. this is badass. Yes. yeah, he's that guy. And usually, I would hate in shows or movies when characters just make pop culture references like spider-man in the mcu when he'll just mention alien or star wars but with it being said in like the 70s or 80s with kids i don't mind that they're like he's like lando it feels organic yes they do integrate it well because it's like yeah kids well they're geeks yeah and they're geeks and it's the 80s yeah they would be obsessed with star wars and dungeons and dragons Mm -hmm. and whatever and atari yeah it's like it's plausible and it doesn't feel like it's just the whole movie is kind of uh, the whole series is kind of a nostalgia trip yes in that it homages that stuff but, but it's not like gratuitous it's not masturbatory no. I should say it's it's not like duty ET it's yeah. like it's just like page homage to the Spiel the Spielberg 80s stuff and some other 80s stuff and then it's it's its own thing it does it well it's yeah. a good integration yeah or like they'll just have like a poster of the thing in someone's yeah. room just realistic um, callbacks. Yes. Not just, whoa, this is like an AT-AT in Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, it's not stupid like that, where they're like, they're running commentary on yeah. things happening. Oh, yeah. Um, the ending was pretty predictable. Um, obviously, they're going to get Will back um, if he's not going to be dead in the Shadow Realm. No. <laughs> um, 
I'm like they they do the Batman v Superman thing where they kill off L, but then oh maybe she's alive. Do you remember? Do that we get greenlit for another season? <laughs> yeah. Um, there's no way that they were gonna kill her off as soon as she turns to dust. I'm like, come on. Either she's gonna come back and season two is gonna be the search for L, or there's gonna be <laughs> yeah. a, a twelve. Okay, like I, I know she's not calling. <laughs> yeah, it will be the search for Al. Yeah, I guess. Um, well, it doesn't help that you've probably seen promotional stuff from season four that shows that she's still a prominent character. Yes, uh, I also really like that the kids name all of the spiritual aspects of the show or otherworldly aspects of the show. That's pretty cool. Like they call the monster the Demogorgon, and then that catches on, and then they call. The uh, shadow realm, the upside down. I yeah. like that that uh, the, that everyone adopts what they call it. And that was neat. Yeah, um, yeah, it was pretty good. I, I I liked it. I'll watch season two. I can definitely see why you would just watch season one and be done with it. Like I imagine you would give it like three out of five bags. Yeah, and mm-hmm. then like season two came out like a year and a half or two years later, and I was like, oh. And then I think uh, season two was like the most maligned season. I think that one is considered kind of shitty. You know, I was talking to a coworker about, it and they're like, I don't really like season two. Yeah. So I so, so I could, right. it it couldn't hold me, and then I was like, ah, oh, and then oh, now we're here. <laughs> Maybe, maybe, maybe I'll watch it. Maybe. This is a big maybe, conditional. Maybe if the season five or season four volume two or whatever it is, <laughs> hype is enormous, then I'll get into it. Because it's, it's palatable television. It's good to binge and it's, it's solid. Yeah, it was like, it, 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 it's, it's, it's good. Fun for the whole family. No. But... Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I just hope that just more. That's all I want now. More. Funnier. Um, do more than just like a Demogorgon. Also, okay, it, do you remember how or what attracts a Demogorgon? No. It was blood. They revealed that. And I thought, wow, that is kind of... Not even kind of. That's just a dumb idea because so is a demogorgon like just living rent free at a hospital because there's a lot of blood there. Like, is it at car crashes, paper cuts? Um, a lot was of it people blood would... that it was like. <laughs> yeah. Oh shit. I mean, maybe they'll. They could do. They could retcon that. They could be like, oh no, it's like pain. Um, uh, but still, it's, it's like Bob. He feeds on suffering. Is it at funerals? Then I mean that that Look, was so dumb. They the, should have just the demogorgon made it. is hungry because there's like nothing in the upside down except ash. Yeah. So he's he could eat, and blood is tasty. Also, the main human villain. I don't know if they named him, but Papa, like oh Elle's um, handler. He has no on-screen presence as a villain. Like he should be the Gendo. Uh, from NGE of the show, but he's just he's he's nothing. And they they show him getting attacked by the Demogorgon, but I'm gonna assume he's gonna be back because you. you know Team Rocket has to go on, so <laughs> he, he's gonna Team be Rocket's back. blasting off again. <laughs> That's all I got. Um, I rewatched Spider-Man Two. Good movie. Good movie. 
the only plot hole, the only thing I dislike about it is when Doc Ock just whips a car at Peter Parker when he's, because uh, Harry sends him to get Peter to tell him who Spider-Man is in exchange for Harry's yeah. tritium, and then Doc Ock just whips a car at him. What was the plan yeah, there? Yeah, that was like, well, if that guy wasn't Spider-Man, which he doesn't know... <laughs> he would be dead as fuck <laughs> um it was a cool set piece when, yeah, when i met bruce campbell he talked about that yeah. and he's like the car went and that was cool so it just it's the cool factor okay i watched it with caitlin and she had forgotten that bruce campbell was in it and then we were watching it and uh he shows up at, at the the theater house and she's like wait a second hey i know that guy <laughs> and then we watched the other two cameo clips and she's like it's funny that he's just the asshole character in all three of them no he's a bro in the third one in the third one yes but then he's still like doing a french he's still it was he's french he's, so he's yeah he's, so he's an asshole yeah yeah, yeah. um okay that's cool. it. That's it. Long app. There you go. Post base, pre bakes, Kenobi. Bye bye. Listening to this episode, be it the pre, post, or just plain old fashioned rags. Send us a movie recommendation on our Instagram at COT Podcast, COT Podcast, and we'll review it on the show. Shake Shay, and may the road rise up to meet your wheels. Was that good enough? Is that the take? Not even close. Take 174, rolling 3. Two, one. Do something, say something. Hey, it's me, Maddie here, and this is the uh what is this? Fantastic Planet next week. Don't miss it. Yeah, coming at you. Hot. <sighs> Shaman! <laughs>